Welcome to Tea with Culture. I'm Hin Mizaina, and with me is Wa'al Hattar. And our guest is uh, Dana Sadiq, co-founder of Real Palestine Film Festival. Real R W E L. Just a note. Hi, Dana. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be speaking with Wa'al and with Hin, who I've known for many years uh, through Campus Art Divide, the first intake. So, and Hin, I've worked with you on exhibitions before. So, I'm really happy to be working, speaking with you on. A personal project yeah no I've been wanting to sit with you and have this conversation because I've you know written about the festival on my blog I've been following it and I've been uh, you know I've been admiring the fact that there's a few of you who are doing this on your own independently and I think over the years you've gained the following so maybe let's start from the very beginning when did real Palestine film festival start and why okay so our first festival was in 2014 um, and the idea came up in 2013 uh, during uh, there was the the Gaza the season siege in Gaza in the summer, and every day I'd watch the news and see like all this chaos and all this destruction and like uh, horrible things happening, and I felt helpless. And I felt like, how much money can one give to charity and what's really being done? How can we raise more awareness about the injustices that are happening? How can we celebrate life under occupation? Show, I mean, there's more than just the war that's happening in, in the Palestine territories. There's still life going on. There's still happiness. There's still, I mean, we still have a traditions to stories of heritage to explain. And I felt, how can we do that? And... I remember at that time I was working at Mariah Art Center and I was working on the programming and I remember we would do film screenings with diff, uh, with the Gulf films, like Gulf shorts. And I remember learning so much about the GCC through these shorts and about subcultures that I had no idea about. And I thought, wow, this is so powerful. Like, why don't we do the same thing with Palestinian movies? Uh, we knew that you would gather crowds from all ages, all different backgrounds. Um, and at the end, you, like it, it would, it had greater impact. So I thought, why don't I work with the resources that I had, the network that I have, to to start film screenings on Palestinian narratives, Palestinian stories, to to kind of get people more aware of what life is like there right now, to get uh, to understand what is life like there behind the wall. And in these ones, you're you're going to be showing, or you have shown also in the past, features, documentaries, as well as shorts. Correct? Yes, um, we show we show features, uh, documentaries, shorts. We've shown conceptual film in the past. Sometimes we've shown videos that uh, are experimental, and then we program them. Where if there's a director in town, we invite them for a talk. We try to link maybe if something's very conceptual but has a similar theme to a feature that we're showing. We'll 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 do it together. Um, but just going back to how I started, it's, it's, it's not just me. I mean, it was something I had connected with Welfare Association, which is a very active charity um, uh, in Palestine. And I asked them, how can I help? How would, I mean, how can we do this? And they connected me to another girl who had organized screenings in the past. And then we met, met up. I didn't even know her. And we're like, yeah, let's do this. Everything felt right. And then she was like, oh, we should bring on Nadia on board. And let me call her. And then Nadia comes in and it turns out to be a Nadia that I went to school with for one year. And she's like great with marketing and 
everything just kind of fell into place. And then another girl that a ch the charity connected us to was um, a brand uh, was a brand consultant and a graphic designer who helped us put our branding together. So we sat together in like a really dingy cafe in JLT. I remember like for many hours and we came up with the name, with the slogan, with the branding. And it was just like, we spent hours working on this like for three months. We teamed up with um, the Palestine Film Festival in London who helped us with the programming the first year. So a lot of our programming for the 2014 festival came through the PFF, which doesn't uh, exist anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a really great lineup. It was a hit. At that time, we were screening in Jamjar, and I think we had a screening at Mariah. And um, for people who, who, who are listening from the outside, uh, Jamjar is a an arts uh, working studio at uh, Circle Avenue, which is kind of the arts hub in Dubai, while Mariah is an art foundation in Sharjah, another emirate as well. Yes. And at that time, Jamjar was located next to Modern Bakery. It was before it relocated to Circal. And it, it, I mean, it was still the start of like the, the active pr art programming that was going on. Like it wasn't as big as it is today. So we didn't have that many venues to show our films or that many connections to our platforms to have Real Palestine apps. Um, every year we had a growing crowd that came and our team at the same time grew. We, we now have uh, Ali on board with us who helps us uh, to cover our costs with dealing with uh, basically formalizing stronger partnerships. Uh, we have Bahat with us that also helps us with the operations, Tara as well, and Amira. So the team's grown. Um, You're so all doing this kind of out of your own pockets so and yeah. nobody's getting, it's not a job or a it's project. not a job we do this all uh, in addition to our day jobs and as we saw that we people were hungrier for more and more films we started doing pop-ups nearly every two months um, and then we've started receiving submissions from film directors who haven't wow. even reached to a film festival circuit that are asking us can you show our film so that's been I think that's one of something that I'm really happy about yeah, and to yeah about. to be proud about that people from around the world know about us and see us as a platform to show their films so yeah but so far you're only showing in the Emirates correct yeah we're only showing in the Emirates we're showing in um, uh, Dubai and Sharjah and for the very first time this year we're showing in Abu Dhabi so we'll be showing uh, Stitching Palestine at Warehouse 421 and then we're also going to show at uh, Manara Tzadiyat uh, for the very first time in collaboration with Cinema Akil through their programming that's ongoing at Manara Tzadiyat. So speaking of venues I know like you said you started off in Dubai at Jamjar and Jamjar I have to say I mean has been a great space for lots of people mm. who've started and launched their careers and I mean Hital is just amazing she's yeah. kind of one of you know the culture heroes in this town yeah, yeah. Uh, and and like you said you've grown and I know you host screenings now in El Sarkal Avenue in partnership with Cinema Akil in the yard and you know uh, like the crowds obviously growing Sharjah as well I think you get a good turnout and I've been interested like what's the role you know with me and I've talked about this in previous episodes you know like my enjoyment watching movies in a cinema and so could you tell us about if you know, have you guys considered with cinemas, or what are the challenges to screen a festival at a cinema here in the UAE? Uh, we'd love to show at the cinema. Um, the only thing is that I think from our research that we've done and uh, asking around is that it basically it requires a lot of paperwork. Um, it requires a lot of steps 
for you to get that film approved and for you to have as well like the distributor uh, I mean the cinema operators to accept to work with you to screen a film and then uh, I, I mean it's it's more of I mean you're limited with the number of distributors that uh, that distribute films for cinema or cinema operators um, and they need to be okay with the idea of working with independent cinema, which which is very hard. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what we found hard, even through friends, is that they don't always work with independent movies. They want to work with blockbusters, and and then even you need to go through. I mean, you need to go through the National Media Council, and and National Media Councils want to mainly work with, say, um, an institution or with that cinema operator to, for them to submit the film and get it approved. I mean, it, it's, 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 a it's, a, it's a very big process, and if we didn't have our day jobs, maybe we could tackle that. And there are fees involved you need to pay to get the film approved. And then I think if you're selling tickets for an event, if we were doing this without a cinema operator, we'd need to pay a certain percentage to Dubai tourism for opera. And then I think, you, if I'm not mistaken, and you need also uh, to have the right business set up. But the ones you have now, they're for free, correct? They're for free because we don't charge admission and our partners are amazing. They're art institutions and community driven. So they help support us in that aspect where they allow us to do our events in their venues. Um, they help do the approvals for the films and and as well having Cinema Akil as our partner who are they're, they're renowned for providing cinema events in the region to the community which helps us also validate having our events for free and and for also helps you know leverage ourselves I would say how do you usually you were talking about kind of connecting with people and getting your word out so besides it just being topical um, when it's when when you're doing your annual uh, kind of information or 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 the the pop-ups that you had mentioned what's how do you communicate do you, do you do it only via emails is it social media is it going to people and having them support and them share what's what's been the best experience for you it's a combination I would say I mean so we we do mail we do do, do direct mailing and we do have a website where we upload everything and then I would say social media is our biggest driver uh, we don't always release press releases uh, we we basically email our partners with all the marketing collateral and ask them can you please push it uh, the directors usually do that at their end and the distributor for example in our upcoming festival mad has sent out a press release about the films that they've they've supplied for our for the festival in 2018 um, cinema Kiel as our partner also push out the programming so it's a combination and uh, from what we've seen there's a lot of words of mouth we've had a lot of people that we've seen that have been coming to the festival especially in Sharjah that are of an older generation that maybe don't use social media yeah. but they came because family friends told them or their grandkids and it's been very interesting and, and many times we've seen that uh, some guests that come might have known the director or someone that was in the film and, and that's how they, they would refer and, and I feel I mean, a lot of the venues that we work with have a huge database, and they're very active with their programming. So some we've seen guests who maybe might come for the first time, but they've come because they're coming for the programming of this event, that, of this venue that they're loyal to, or they go to for their cultural events. And how many movies do you have usually per festival? Um, it depends. We have at least, I would say, a minimum of 13, which includes shorts. But this year, because we're screening in Abu Dhabi and Sharjah, we've done reruns so that we can show 
the films that are we know that are anticipated heavily in other Emirates. So this year we have about nine. And can you tell us about how you go about choosing the films? Or what research? You know how much time goes into that? Um, so the research is ongoing all the time. So we have a list that we're constantly developing and working on. Um, for the festival, we try our best to show the latest movies. So that I have to say sometimes limits us in terms of if we wanted to create a theme, it's hard to create themes for each night because we are we want to show the latest films and they might be very diverse. Um, if we weren't showing the latest of film in each festival, then it would be easier to to pick and choose. And also because we have we do pop ups throughout the year, so we we can sometimes use our pop ups to have like themed events, whether it's like say just on Gaza or or just on maybe migration, or if it's more of a conceptual like arts and film. Uh, but for the festival. Uh, we, we first try to see get the strongest films that we feel will bring in the crowd. And we also try to cover a range of topics. So whether we have fiction, like movies that will cover traditions, family life, something that would also cover arts and film. Uh, we, we try to have a combination. So we try to make sure that we don't have film in the festival that cover the same theme throughout the program. We try to provide that diversity. But number one, I would say that they have, that they're the newest, they would have just dropped in a festival, or they would have not even premiered yet in a festival, uh, but we've had access to it. Um, and then also uh, films, we try to do a combination of like blockbusters, films that would go down in the cinema, and films that are hard to get, that maybe you can't get on iTunes. Um, but then some of the films, for example, this year you're, you're showing Wajib. And I, I, I'm pretty sure Wajib is going to have a theatrical release in the cinema yes. in, in the Emirates. So wouldn't this kind of, for, at least for the producers, uh, clash with them? So having it shown in, in your festival, wouldn't it take away from the audiences who's going to come and pay money in the cinema? Um, I mean, I, I guess it would, but it's a choice that the producer and the distributor does. What happens is if a producer has a distributor, our final approval has to mm -hmm. come from the distributor and I would say in the first two years we were limited with that and as the festival's grown and the audience has grown so much we've had at one time a maximum of 600 people show up to a screening the distributors have seen how how important this festival is for them in releasing Arab cinema. Okay. So they've they've given us films before their theatrical release, and then what they do is when they have when they do release it in the cinemas, we promote it. Okay. Uh, but also at the same time, they do not give us films if they're waiting to show at a festival. So we cannot show a film if it's being if it's going to show in diff. We cannot show it before diff. Okay. We'll have to wait for after diff to be released so that we can show the film and in a way it's good that our festival's in January so it's after diff so and we also time our festival so it's not clashing with say art season or big events in the cultural calendar that's why we do it every year end of January and the reason we ask is because a lot of times when we interview uh, art film organizations the, the main the main problem would always be dis distributors yeah. and about it clashing and what's happening and the rights and so forth. But so it's very healthy for us to hear that at least for your experience they are being supportive yeah. and they are uh, kind of cross-marketing with you guys. So when they show a film with you, uh, you'll, you'll have that. But then when they're showing it else, they'll still use, use your database so people would remember and then know and then even probably watch it again and, yeah. and bring their friends. It's 
Honestly, it's taken time. It's not something, I mean, I would say over two years, our relationships have gotten better where mm -hmm. they've seen us as an important partner. Um, also, we pay for the films. So most of the time we're paying for rights to screen the film. Uh, and and because we don't have a budget and we don't necessarily have funds or a sponsor, we try our best to negotiate the fee at a good rate. Some of the challenges are that it's hard to locate who is the distributor of a film. Um, it's amazing when a film has its own website, but there are many times where, where they can tell you contact this person for rights. But sometimes it's it's hard to find out who is the right person to contact. You don't get you don't get a response, you need to find someone in the movie, like I've had times where I've DM'd someone on Instagram who I know acted in the film to get to the distributor. Um, I definitely do think it's easier working um, direct, uh, more with Arab distributors than with foreign distributors that might be based in the States and they don't understand the Middle Eastern market. They uh, are, are, I mean, they might want to premiere, say, in the States or they're waiting for a few years down the line to premiere in the Arab in Arab countries, there was one film that we really did want to screen, but uh, and I mean they were okay with it, and then two months later they came back and said we're not ready to premiere in in the Arab region. So for this year, or for it was for this year. So I mean, I mean I don't know why. Um, but I mean, it's it's I mean it's a long process between uh, I mean you have to when it comes to planning the festival you need to give yourself a big window of time between the between launching the program and uh, and planning it because you have to allow for many weeks or maybe even two months of just communicating with distributors and getting getting permission to screen the films. Um, I know what you mean because I struggle to find information if I'm trying to track down. Yeah, the distributor of the film or information about it. And I keep saying, I think one lesson to give filmmakers is, you know, yes, have a website or have, if you can't afford or don't have time to, you know, take care of a website, a Facebook page or update your information on IMDb. It's just something as simple as that to be reachable. And it's just one thing, you know, I want to like tell a lot of filmmakers, especially in this region and, you know, new filmmakers, young filmmakers, like put your information, don't make it hard. Like it's hard enough trying to reach yeah. the distributors, but look, you know, we want to show your films. Every filmmaker wants their films to be seen, right? So make it easy for us to find you, to contact you. Yes. And don't, so please don't charge very high screening fees, <laughs> <laughs> screening, uh, screening rights. Yeah, exactly. Especially yeah. for independent screenings. And in terms of engaging with the community, as you said, you know, the turnouts becoming bigger and bigger, which is fantastic to hear. And what kind of conversations happen? I mean, I assume, um, obviously, movies are introduced by the team members behind the festival. Sometimes you said you invite the filmmakers who are there. And how was how that uh, enriched discussions or knowledge sharing or, you know, bringing awareness to stories or subcultures to a, a wider audience here in the UAE? Um. Okay, <laughs> it's a big question. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, I would say that Dubai is very diverse. We have many nationalities. So we have uh, expats and Europeans who are hungry for information and want to know more, and this provides them an opportunity to connect with people that could give them information directly from the grounds on Palestine or people who, are, who, 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 have, been, who have created these films or these documentaries because they know the story firsthand and they want to share it. 
Um, it's also helped the diaspora, the Palestinian diaspora, like myself, who has never been and neither has my dad, second generation, to connect with heritage um, that I don't know much about. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of being diluted as with years because we haven't been there. We, we, I mean, we, I mean, we don't have our grandparents around to tell us stories. Mm -hmm. So I would say this is also another reason why I felt it was so important to start Real Palestine because. I didn't know much about my own about my own nationality, my own identity, because I, I mean I'm not around surrounded by it at home so much. I would say. So I'm assuming most of the audiences are pal of, of Palestinian origin, um, or is it a mixed match? No, it's a mixed match, and and honestly, we love. I mean, we have like the patriotic people that come that want to connect with Palestine, mm -hmm. and they're like anything for Palestine. Mm -hmm. We have um, a, a lot of. Foreign, I would say, like expats that come and they're just curious to see, you know, the films. Um, they want to know more about what's going on, or they just also just love movies, you know. And um, I, I mean, it's a mix. It, it's a mix. And then we have people that are journalists that come that that know much, so much, or have been there, and they just want to connect with someone and and be like, oh, I've been there and I, I've experienced this. How can I help? You know, so it's a mix. I would say it's a mix. There's there's a lot of conversations that happen after behind the scenes. Uh, there's a lot of people that approach us and say, "This is amazing. How can we help? What can we do?" Um, there are a lot of people that want to share, uh, like, you know, they just want to say thank you for doing this. You know, uh, I, I would say there's a broad range of conversations. <laughs> I mean, that's the power of cinema, you know, the storytelling. Like, it's one of, you know, to me anyway, the only arts where it engages you. So whether it's a one-on-one -on -one level, you and the screen, or you with someone, or you in a, in a room filled with people where you're connecting with the storyteller or the director or the actor. And it's just, it's really powerful, and it's just great to hear that you guys are offering this and, and, and it's actually reaching out to people and people are engaging with I it. I would say each time we do a screening, we do see a lot of new faces and a, and a different crowd, like people that I don't think was in our, that are not necessarily in our database or in our reach. Are, I would say they're not the usual faces you see at arts events or you would see usually at that venue. So that's been really interesting to know that we're engaging with people, say, even from Ajman or people that have come all the way from Abu Dhabi for a screening. Uh, that's very interesting. We see, like, say, uh, people from Sharjah that would come with their chairs and with their family and and, and kind of set up like a like a blanket, to yeah. sit, especially at the Sharjah venue. Sharjah always which, supportive. Yeah, which has been amazing. And um, and sometimes when we do films, we try to connect it, try to do deepen the program. For example, uh, if we're screening documentaries that cover a certain topic, we might ask Visualizing Palestine to come in and you know show infographics or create a conversation so that we can spread also information about, uh, you know, like facts, like that have hard research done behind, okay. behind it. Can you just tell us a bit more about Visualizing Palestine? Because not many people know about this uh, organization. Okay, I hope I explain it properly. <laughs> Visualizing uh, Palestine is a it's a research platform it's like a, it's a visual guide for you to get research that has been done to show hard facts of like social economic political um, act activities or information that's on the grounds in Palestine whether it's covering uh, the issue of water covering the issue of settlements and land grabbing covering the issues of unemployment over a certain number of years so it puts years of information in one graph a graph that helps you grasp all that information. Okay. 
in one go. It's very powerful. Um, and some of the team members are based here in the UAE, uh, so we try we try to to work with them as much as possible. Uh, we will Jamana, one of the co-founders, will be speaking at at the screening for 1948 catastrophe in creation, where she will they will. Uh, it's basically about how the Nakba started, and it's it's a documentary that's based on eight years of research. So it just it felt right that Jemana had to be there also given her like all her background to you know lead the Q&A and also after the screening they're going to launch Palestinian Journeys they're, she's going to provide an introduction which is a platform that's being launched by the Palestinian Museum in, in Berzait with uh, the Institute of Palestinian Studies and Visualizing Palestine so it's an archive where anyone around the world can log into get research uh, documents that of letters say of how the Balfour Declaration came up, uh, the, like letters between politicians that will explain to you how did the Nakba started and, and how was the state of Israel created. Going back to things and people experiencing and learning, what from, from me seeing, watching the, the Palestinian uh, cinema and the different films that they have, two things popped into my head that I, that I haven't kind of understood as much in the past and more so as the more we watch films. The first one was about the amount of um, Arab uh, Israelis who are in uh, Israel that kind of function there, and but they still hold on to their heritage and everything is going on, and still are Palestinians in a sense living there. And then the other one is the accents. This one because as I mean, I'm uh, both Hind and I are, are mixed Arabs, and but living in, in the UAE, you meet a lot of the Palestinians who have like a Palestinian light. But then all the films, you have this kind of accents that we weren't necessarily aware of. And it's, 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 I know it's something minute, but it's interesting to even realize of those things that are still stuck there yeah. as part of that uh, kind of entity. Yeah. That's what we try to show with our movies, that there are so many different villages and, and families that have been there for centuries and how they hold on to their accents. They still hold on to their their, their little habits, their way of life. And, mm. and it's beautiful and it's something that we should know about, you know, um, even in terms of their artisanal crafts or yeah. their, the landscape um, the you know like the agriculture so and there's so much it's de it depends on what area are you by the seaside what neighbor, what neighboring countries are you with and it, I mean that's what's beautiful even if it's a fiction film it will kind of give you a narrative into that into the landscape and the different identities. By the way, do you have the subtitles in uh, in Arabic as well or just in English? Um, we have them in English. Um, most of the films are subtitled in English, and there are films that also when they're um, when there's like an Arabic dialect that you can't understand clearly, they provide <laughs> Arabic subtitles. It all depends on the director and the distributor okay. because it's not an easy job sometimes to build in the, the subtitles. No, true, because a lot of the, uh, because like you said, the Emirates is quite conglomerate and all the different people, so someone who's Egyptian or Moroccan or even uh, Emirati might find it difficult to, to understand what's going on in, when yeah. it's just Arabic. And a lot of people think, oh, but it's Arabic, it's all the same, when it's not really. It's not, it de definitely, there are always English subtitles. Your, your festival is the fourth, the fourth year that has happened, yeah. and more or less always around the end of uh, Jan, the last two weeks of Jan. Yes. And you have a Facebook 
and uh, which is Real Palestine, R-E-E-L, like the film reel. Like a film reel. So we have a, our fa- follow us on Facebook to know of all our events. It's Real Palestine, R-E-E-L. And the same thing for Instagram. And our website's also up to date. Yeah. So it's realpalestine.org. .org. I just want to really thank all our partners who have really helped us to continue this event. Uh, Circal Avenue for always supporting us with the venue and allowing us to make it bigger. This year, all our screenings are going to be outdoors uh, because because the room couldn't fit the Mm -hmm. growing number of people that we have. As well as Sharjah Art Foundation, they're always super supportive with the screenings and it's always great as well because they've worked with a, a number of the directors in the in the art capacity um also i'm really happy that we're showcasing in abu dhabi this year i mean screening in abu dhabi um and uh, we were so grateful for our partners cinema akil who are like basically like our sisters <laughs> working working with them has been great thanks to all our um, all of our supporters who come to the screenings that help promote the news on social media it's it's been great as well as to the Emirati Cinema Campaign, who have been actively as well uh, pushing our news. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. I really enjoyed our discussion. Uh, good luck with it. And yeah, we'll keep spreading the word. And, and listeners, please do follow Real Palestine to keep up to date with all the screenings and events that are planned uh, throughout the year. And please remember, follow Tea with Culture and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play and Stitcher. Until next time.